This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I don't have a special intro for you this week, but I do have a special co-host. He's the three-time All-American Apple Pie Eating Contest judge, Mr. Brandon Pham. I love watching them eating pie. This is Brandon Pham. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. As always, uh, it's just us. Yeah, as always. <laughs> this is <laughs> it's just us and then some other people. But this time, it's just us because this is our special New Year's episode. Yeah. It's a way for us to uh, take a look back in the past year. We're kind of cheating ourselves here. Technically, episode 104 was our two-year episode, but we're aligning ourselves with the new year properly with January 1st. So here we are. Uh, I believe this one comes out the day after. So happy new year, everyone. Happy holidays. If you're sober enough to hit play on your iPhone to hear this podcast, we thank you very much. (laughs) If you're listening to this on January 6th, we still appreciate your support. (laughs) So, Larry, what's up, man? What a year we've had! Uh, many guests, many awesome people, as always, uh, blessed us with their knowledge. Came on the show. You know, this podcast has always been our way, at least for me, to talk to people, to learn from them, mm-hmm. and just we just happen to have mics put in front of them and uh somewhat of an audience and listeners (laughs) to entice them with it's a perfect opportunity for you guys to be a fly on the wall as we learn how to better our own careers because that's really all we've been doing is just asking you advice for things that we want to do in the future but no it's uh i think this podcast has grown a lot we committed to doing the roundtables monthly it's past year so we've been making sure that you guys get to hear the roundtables and they've been fun uh we did another game dev deep dive so that's something we're going to continue and definitely put some more production value, but putting them out, you know, a little more regularly as we progress through 2018. So those are some things that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And we, we started, uh, doubling down on uh, growing our community you know we started our discord channel we're more active on social channels like we're trying to make it uh a secondary thing for you guys besides listening to the podcast and enjoying it but finally meeting all the listeners out there in the world is uh is really big for us because conversations are always have being had in the uh, Discord channels, and we are always happy to kind of just glance over there and see that, yeah, it's active, it's working. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I personally am going to be doing this next year is I think we should do on Tuesdays, right? Like the after show. So if you listen to our podcast on a Tuesday, I think for 24 hours, we should do like after show kind of dialogue in the, you know, in the Discord channel because we still have the emails of the people who were just on the episode. So if there was, anything we missed or any follow-up questions we could probably you know still get in touch really quick and get some of that stuff answered uh so that's something interesting but i think just having an after show discussion might be kind of cool you know uh next just a shout out to all the people on discord and uh the unofficial mayor (laughs) of the channel i feel like mr p miller is probably in there right now so 
thanks to everybody, obviously, for being cool and staying in the Discord and keeping us alive. But yeah, I think that's going to be something that I'd like to head up is the the after show dialogue where we, once the episode has gone live, you know, just kind of keeping the questions and the commentary related to the episode that just went up. Yeah, I, I definitely want to make an effort to, um, you know, we've had so many guests and uh, one of the things that I'm uh, looking forward to doing is trying to compile that list to put it on our website to show like how many people have been on like a lot of talented people have graced us on this podcast so uh putting them on a page would be really important to kind of show our progress and at the same time uh appreciate the talent but another thing is you know we're, we're growing our discord we're having conversations in there I'm going to start inviting those guests to be part of the Discord channel. It would be kind of cool if they want to, right? No guarantees. Uh, to come into the Discord to start, you know, talking to all the listeners out there. Having a, really a place for, for them to ever, uh, you know, drop anything that they're working on or like little updates. Yeah. Just a way for us to keep tabs on them. Free Steam after codes. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Free Steam cool. codes and yeah, stuff like good, that. Yeah. But... Yeah, like we've had so many people this past year. Um, you know, we made Roundtable a regular segment of the show. We're, we're starting with the deep dives, which has been uh, boding well with our listeners. Glasgow uh, Confession, I feel like it's on track to be something really special. Like one of the things that I want to do with the next one is start this is the funny part right this is starting to kind of invite a little bit more journalism on our side because i kind of want to start like uh not just basing off of the reviews of glassdoor professional of course you know the segment is named after glassdoor but to also reach out you know either through anonymous employees that has that have worked at that particular company that we're reviewing mm-hmm. to get a little bit more of insider information yeah uh, need them to verify <laughs> verify yes yeah, some of these slots <laughs> but these are the things that i feel uh that we're leading up to right the podcast has always been a place for developers to have a voice and uh and we've said it at the very beginning, right? The more successful we are with this podcast, the more blacklisted we will be yeah. <laughs> with companies, right? And I'm starting to feel that way. Not that nothing uh, nothing in particular has happened, but I know that there is going to be a crossroad where we're being a little bit bigger than we are, where, you know, AAA companies would think twice, I think, <laughs> If we're too loud, right? Yeah. But I, 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 I welcome that. I'm ready for that. And a lot of the things we're doing is not because, um, of course, you know, being concerned with our own career isn't a priority. But it is a nice thought, right? <laughs> but uh, a lot of what we're doing is trying to right the wrongs a bit here. Yeah, keep, in every little way that we can, yeah. Keep in mind, if we get popular or if we get noticed for what we're doing and it become, it ends up on the radar of somebody important and they're like, we got to shut these guys down. Essentially, what that means is having the truth be known about the bullshit that we do, right, is going to hurt our business. So we need to stop these guys so that we can continue to lie to people, that we can continue to dissuade people and to continue to you know, basically be unethical in our business practices. So 
because of that, I actually am not afraid of where this podcast goes and how it grows because one, I stand by what I say and how I feel about things. But two, again, the goal is to just even the playing field. And so no one should be afraid of a fair and equally beneficial opportunity. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my two cents on that. Right. We started off the year with some uh, new year resolutions, right? And uh, if you guys go all the way back to episode 52, we did something uh, a bit fun where we kind of compiled, you know, all our past guests with uh, updated advice and suggestions. Like we would shoot a question and then they would uh, record an answer and mm. shoot it back to us. So, so it's kind of like a reunion type of episode. Mm. But at the same time, we also, uh, Larry and I, looked forward to what year two could be for game dev unchained and uh i remember some of the things that i said which was the biggest thing was i hope we go viral (laughs) that was one of the things i said uh as a joke but we kind of went that way uh if we uh refer back to episode let me pull that up real quick episode uh 86 uh, which was with roger lindeen he was, uh, the episode was called Being an Architect at Valve. So this is how good of journalists <laughs> we are. We were, we broke something on the internet, right? Broke new, the, the news to the internet, but we had no idea what it was <laughs> until, until someone quoted us on it where we uh, figured out. So the, just as a reminder, longtime listeners, you know what I'm talking about, Kerbal Space Program. Uh, went dormant for a while. Uh, there was a whole fallout of lead developers mm-hmm. and then silence, radio silence for like a year where a lot of hardcore fans was were asking a lot of questions, right? Questions that were unanswered until Roger Lundin provided them uh, a resolution. A piece of information. Uh, a piece of inf- information that was only 20 seconds long during his amazing one hour interview where he dropped that you know valve bought uh at least enticed the developers the leads onto into valve uh and uh the team just never updated on their linkedin or whatever so (laughs) he thought it was public information it wasn't right so our story got quoted and picked up by pretty much the big uh, blogs out there. We're talking about IGN. We're talking about rock paper, uh, rock paper shotgun. Yeah, and then uh, pretty much everything in gadget yeah. Gizmodo. Like it was a fun week <laughs> for us. Yes. Yeah, so those numbers click up to seven thousand shares that quickly. Yeah. Ridiculous. It was funny because it was the first time, at least for me, I paid attention to how stories get picked up mm-hmm. right and it and it really is the laziest type of journalism because they just quote unquote <laughs> what the first guy wrote and that was okay i guess as like a publication on your own blog site as long as you quote you can make it sound like it's your own thoughts or opinions so it could also be a way to shift the blame like according to this specific guy on this other blog, right 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 this is breaking news <laughs> yeah so when you type in game dev unchained in Google and type in the news link. We're there, man. We weren't there before. We actually made headlines. So that was that was a fun start. I think that was uh what seven months ago? So what is that? Seven months ago. So that was mid year when that happened. 
I will um, say, uh, again, we reached out to Valve when that happened because it was we. No one who was on the podcast knew that we were like spilling any beans. Yeah. So I reached out to Valve the next day to see if they wanted us to pull the episode or to fix it, or they never responded. So yeah, I'm just assuming that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Valve was cool with it. Uh, and then 2K, we we forced 2K's hand into uh, oh, yeah. sharing their news, which was they bought the Kerbal Space Program team yeah. uh, into their uh, publishing deal. So it, it was fun seeing the big guys move according to what we – it was it was insane. Our tiny little so was, podcast. Yeah, our tiny little podcast made big pieces move. So another thing that I uh, wanted us to do for this year was to form partnerships – Right. So we struck uh, this was a really funny um, story. Actually, I reached out to 80.LV, which is a blog that I regularly visit. It's it's uh, I, th- I feel like it exploded the last couple of years where it was like the number one resource for environment artists, at least, which isn't much. Right. Usually before we had polycount. But um, LV is kind of like a different form. It's more like a magazine style uh, of stories where uh, they would interview someone and like break down the techniques. So we, I reached out to them on a whim saying like, hey, you know, uh, we run a podcast. It's very similar to what you guys do. Uh, I mean, it complements to what you guys are doing really well you guys are doing publications on techniques we talk about how to get an industry and techniques as well like maybe there's something there and next thing we know uh we got invited right they were like hey let's let's do this invited i'm actually so the guy that runs it is actually in where was it in ukraine or i think so somewhere yeah he was he was but he was coming to u.s to stay in the office for a while Right. He, he just happened to be in the U.S. for a few months. He invited us down to Sherman Oaks, which was hilarious. It was the building across from Sparks Unlimited, like the big one. Uh, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, so it is this one when Larry and I showed up and then uh, went to the elevator and we looked at like, what floor is it? And then we looked on our piece of paper and it was like, oh, OK, it's the top one. It's the penthouse suite. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it was so yeah. The open. It was just like super art stylized, like white with painting, like graffiti walls and like ping pong tables and just open air environment. Lots of creative people walking around looking important. And we were like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were totally underdressed because I really thought it was just like a uh, small room hang out just to talk to each other a bit but it was a real office it was a real company so we went up we talked to him you know he was uh thankfully he listened to the podcast enough to like to to like us and then uh we just talked and traded stories and um what each other's uh goals were for each of what we were doing and uh that was it you know it was uh from then on we we, we would cross promote. We would uh, when we do events, you know, we would let him know. Uh, so, ADV has been a great partnership for us. It has invited a lot of traffic for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more things like that. I feel at this point, uh, I feel our podcast has hit 
a certain rhythm mm-hmm. where uh, we have a lot of ammunition and a lot of quality interviews where we can start reaching out and seeing where where else uh, our audience could be. Mm-hmm. So continuing that um, wish list, 2018, I, I want us to do more of that and help grow. And in a way, just I feel... You know, there's a lot of people, even to this day, when I talk to new listeners, um, they would be telling us, like, I'm surprised that there's not more of these type of podcasts. Like, Mm. I've been trying to look for a game dev podcast for a long time and uh, came across from you guys, which is kind of hilarious at this uh, because you know two years ago we started this thing for that exact same reason yeah. and two years later you know uh, it's still like a, a desert for game dev podcasts which is and we've grown since then as an industry right so um, so that's that's our fault on our part for not being able to put it in front of people who are looking for these type of podcasts so I feel like there's a lot of room to grow of course yeah, I think over the last two years, especially when it comes to user interaction, I think that's something that we can uh, probably push on a little more as well. Uh, not necessarily even just the advertising or getting more people to know about it, but the people who are already here, I think we can do a better job of you know bringing them in the fold. So uh, I'll pat Brandon on the back here because he just built up the initiative to start offering you know free games and free demos and things that we can collect from our interviewees and then put them into like a raffle or giveaway package once a month. So that's going to be cool. Now that you listen to us, you can win some free games or eBooks or discount codes or whatever the author brings to the table that they can give away for free. We will raffle them off to like lucky, lucky listeners, so to speak. So that should be fun. And that's just for people who are listening already. That's not even a growth thing. It's you won't even hear that we're doing that if you're not already listening. So that's definitely something that's going to say thanks to the people who are with us. Uh, you know, who've been listening long for the ride. So, yeah, yeah, it's super free. Uh, We won't stay too long in it. If you guys are wondering how you do it, you know, every month we're going to do it. At the end of the month, we're going to reward the winner with the games uh, from our uh, guests. So just share your favorite episode, share any post that we share on Facebook or Twitter. That's it. Once you do that, you're in. Uh, and we keep it simple because we know you guys are busy. We know it's even asking a lot, but it's one of our ways to give back and have a little fun with it, right? So thank you guys for, for participating. And I, I really do think that that's going to be a good uh, initiative to help grow and get our um, you know get our value out there across people who are looking for this type of thing. Yeah. And I think we should even explain why the growth is important on, and just be completely honest, right? Like right. obviously we started for the first year and a half, we did this podcast completely pro bono. We were paying out of our pockets to pay for, you know, the hosting and the time that we donate or whatever things we needed to negotiate with the guests. Like we would handle everything on our own. So we were happy that people showed up when we asked for Patreon support because it definitely makes it a little easier to keep things going you know? Uh, so yes, one, if we do grow, like there's an opportunity for more people to find us, more people to listen to us, and there can be more Patreon support, but that's not money that just lines pockets. Like the goal for us is to save it so that we can go to GDC and produce more content at GDC, right? Like yeah. we can go to 
E3 and actually wear Game Dev Unchained t-shirts and look sponsored and maybe get into a couple <laughs> behind-the-scenes events with a media yeah. badge. Right. And that's probably, I would say, 2018, the biggest thing that uh, I want us to do. Like, Game Dev Unchained should be at these trade shows, especially at GDC, which is game developer heaven, right? I want us to be there and <laughs> just back catalog all our episodes pretty much there. I feel like within three hours, Larry and I can record 40 episodes <laughs> because we know, you know, most of our friends are there. It'll be very simple for us yeah. to put a mic in their face and say, hey, say something for 10 minutes. Yeah, just pull um, yeah and, and doing live shows, basically. Uh, I, I think um, there's a lot of opportunities for us to have a little bit more fun with that. And, uh, you know, trade shows and conventions are the best ways to do it. And on the show floor, finding out what's good, what's not, uh, having the reactions to things that you guys might see. Uh, it would be great if we can live stream some of those stuff, mm -hmm. live episodes, record episodes, uh, and kind of present our version of what GDC could look like or E3. So, yeah, and I, I would late, hope. Guys. <laughs> I would hope that if we do an E3 event, that could be like a fan event somehow thrown in there as well. Uh, you know, come hang out with us at, at Dave and Buster's and play video games, or you know, come drink with us, or just come and get a T-shirt or something. You know, I think it'd be cool to actually start meeting some of the listeners in person. There's only a thousand of you out there, so it shouldn't. <laughs> you'll probably get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time if you make. It yeah, we, we'll fit you guys in a room, yeah, right? Yeah. But in terms of growth, man, I I gotta say I'm really happy what we've accomplished in the last year. Like I feel um, the numbers have been on it, like a increase, right? So um, thank you, listeners out there who are supporting us. It really, it, it's like um, it's not something that we think about really. Like when we bring on guests, uh, it's usually people that we really want to talk to and uh to learn from and uh it's kind of like a bonus that people are actually listening in with us as well so larry and i don't really run the podcast as if we're you know we're, we're technically just the hosts yeah, yeah we're, we're the moderators we're the hosts of it but we're, we're kind of like just trying to filter the questions yeah. that you guys might have when we uh present these guests yeah we feel like too. we're in the audience too but we're just sitting closest to the stage you know that's <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're in the front row seat right now yeah. and so uh I, I would love you know that's what that's what drives us to talk to more and more people there's just so many developers out there mm -hmm. uh for many for so many genres for so many different mediums uh, that we'll never run out of things to ask mm -hmm. because everyone has their own unique story and own unique take on how the industry is and where the industry's going and uh we're, we're living in an exciting time like you guys hear this all the time if you guys uh are longtime listeners where you know we're in the midst of vr ar is starting to come out um and become more mainstream and uh mobile is becoming such a strong console for for everything um, even PS4, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, these guys are the Goliaths, like the old OGs. But but they're they're still able to carve their own um, 
fans, right? There's still a lot of people buying these consoles. So, like, there seems to be the pie is so big <laughs> that everyone's piece is suffice. Like, no one's not, no one's too worried about their piece of the pie, right? They're cut, right? Which is great. It's a great time to be a gamer because now we have all t- different types of choices for different types of gamers. Um, so with that comes with a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty, uh, but excitement as well. Yeah. So to be able to hold a mic and talk to everyone who's at the front lines of these um, evolution is really fun. It's really fun and entertaining and at the same time educational for me. Like I did not realize even being in the industry for 10 years, there's just certain aspects of the game industry that I never really pay attention to. It's too hard to keep track of everything. Uh, as uh, for an example, mobile has always been my weakest part of the game mm-hmm. as in like, I rarely play any mobile games and starting to look into it. And anytime I'm on a transit or a train or, or any of that, and I see a kid that's I feel that's not that much younger than I am playing a game I've never seen or heard of it. Uh, it it's exciting. It's scary, right? It's like, oh man, am I? <laughs> are you all? Am I falling? Uh, yeah, fall out of the am I, yeah. yeah, I'm falling out of the trend because I don't know what the fuck he's playing. When I used to know everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, if I weren't, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I would never really pay attention to as much because i feel like there's a responsibility now to kind of know what's going on but at the same time you know we're, we're talking to the guests that are doing these things that are working in parts of the game industry i didn't even know really existed right mm-hmm. I, i'm not um it's not like i'm not uh i i can't fathom the idea that it exists it's more like i never really pay attention enough to know its development so Mm -hmm. so that in the last year has opened have opened my eyes the first year was more about like um fuck the game industry (laughs) like a lot of the birth of the podcast was a lot of the triple a uh being fed up with kind of like at least the, the 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 terrible parts of it right you know, of course, there were the good parts, but it was the terrible parts that was making us uh, bitter, right? So um, it was a way to vent, and it was a way to let other people in similar situation know that this is the usual stuff. Yeah, this is like it's like a little fraternity. We're building a fraternity of like anonymous game developers, yeah. uh, and providing a place for them to vent and warn uh, the 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 students coming in the industry that, you know, it's not all sugar and candy. Yeah, man. People needed to be informed one, because we, I would say at the time we weren't like the top level, like leads or anything like that, but we were veteran enough that we knew how things should go and we knew how things went. But then we also saw people who were coming in bright eyed, bushy tailed, knowing that they're about to walk right into a slaughter. And it's like, that was the practice. Like people were thriving off of that, knowing that they were going to be able to take advantage of new recruits, young legs and new blood and get them to do things for very low money and expect like a high turnover because they're just going to get replaced. And it's like that churn 
it was disappointing because it's like these are people these are human beings these are individuals you know and regardless if they sign a contract or not if you know it's a shit deal right but you're like but they signed it like that doesn't mean that you're not an asshole you know what i mean Mm-hmm. So anyway, so a lot of why we are doing this initially was that we wanted people to be armed with more information. We wanted people to know what really goes on in the game industry and not even expose style, but just turn on a microphone and tell the truth and say, these are suggestions that may help you in a certain situation versus another, or here's a way to make, you know, networking more useful for you. Things that like aid you in surviving and navigating in the game industry. And that's essential. I don't think that that'll ever be something that people in the game industry would not want to know about especially if other people do it for you collect all the information and present it in a one hour piece of <laughs> podcast i know how convenient is that so uh yeah if i were to mark what our first year to our second year was our second year felt like we were not um just complaining right <laughs> i mean to be fair the first year we weren't just complaining we were bringing on guests uh, to motivate, to uh, incite change, to inform mm-hmm. listeners and ourselves about, you know, all right, this is the way it is. What are you going to do about it? Right. This, These are the options you can take. The second year I felt, um, which was this year, we were inviting more and more people that have done it and succeeded at it. So and in my personal, you know, career, I was more conscious of, um where I want to go uh, as a developer, right? I'm pretty much, I would say, uh, 90% sure (laughs) that I'm going to continue on more of a smaller company route uh, than big companies. You know, I've done big companies most of my career uh, up to, I don't know, a couple years ago and and stopped uh, for reasons where you know you just scan through from episode one to 114 you'll you'll know why but i felt recently and especially in the last year i've been more focused on unchaining myself (laughs) more so than before right not to cheese it up but you know game dev unchained is all about moving away from the the norm of what you expect of a game development career right and i'm not downplaying anyone that is at AAA companies that are kicking ass, right? Making games that I want to play, right? Um, Just on a personal level, I'm looking for something else. Mm -hmm. And interviewing these people have given me a lot of confidence in the past year. Uh, You know, we, we talked about all aspects of how you can go out there and start testing the waters, right? We talked to, um, you know, off the top of my head, we talked to Brackies, mm-hmm. which is an educational platform, YouTube, completely free. Yep. But this this is a student uh, in high school at the age of 15, started his business of education uh, and then took him five years to build it to something where it's over 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, and they do a great completely, job, by the way. I they do a great job. Out. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so they took something, uh, an idea and uh, went through five years of consistency to uh, mold it into something well polished to the point and entertaining and for free. Yeah. And they they've made it self-sustainable, which is very inspiring. And 
you know, when we were invited up to Unity, right? That's another thing yeah. that happened last year where we were invited to events and uh, it was not something that Larry and I thought was in the cards, right? We just turn on the mic, we talk, we ask questions that aren't too dumb for our guests uh, to stay stick around. And then uh, we get an email about an invite to, to a Unity event to meet other uh, influencers, mm-hmm. right? And we had like a two, what, two, three day, all expenses paid. Yeah, dinner included, travel, dinner, hotel. Dinner, travel. That was fun, man. Yeah. So, Shout uh, out to Blaine, Unity, <laughs> uh, the, the Unity Engineering Outsource Team. What was the name of right. the special engineer team? You remember? Yeah. The, um, I, I, sw- I forget <laughs> their name, but whatever team Ray Graham is on. Those oh, that's awesome. uh, Spotlight. 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 There we go. Shout out to Spotlight as well. And that that was one of the goals we set for ourselves, at least at the beginning of the year. I'm, I don't know what it is. It's probably because I grew up on the free lunch program. But anything <laughs> that resembles free, like I want, right? So it was uh, at the beginning of the year. I was like, and I hope we continue this trend, where you know I was like, man, I would love to get f- free sponsors from. Uh, anyone really like if there's a mouse that you want us to try out hey you send it over here <laughs> i would love that i would i, I have like five mouses i'll, I'll add another one to my oh, collection I'm scrolling through these so fast. <laughs> yeah yeah razor mouse <laughs> i can i can sell anything guys it's amazing so like yeah uh so i would say that would be probably our first free big one mm-hmm. where we get flown over to sf hung out with a couple of the unity guys and a lot of the influencers that were all super awesome. Um, and for, th- for three days yeah. and made a lot of good connections. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I hope that trend continues because you know, what was most exciting about that trip to me? What's up? We were the oldest people in the influencer group. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Actually. And, and I'm not saying like as a, a jab, like that actually was exciting to me that like, I'm sitting in the room with the next generation and these guys are just like excellent. Like they have resources and tutorials and information and engines available to them ever since the day they decided to start making cool stuff. Right. Like back when I was a kid in high school and I was like, I want to make video games. I had like basic, like I'm, uh, there was no unreal <laughs> three, no unreal four. There was no unity. There was none of this stuff. And so I'm so excited to like, I looked around the room and I was like, man, like these these are the guys who are going to carry the torch and i was yeah. so impressed by the caliber of people that we got to met got to meet and how young they were that was a it was an eye-opening experience for me and not one of like oh shit larry you're almost obsolete but more so <laughs> like look at them go you know so. yeah and the podcast helped us hang on <laughs> to the <laughs> to the youngins yeah. so that was an it, it created opportunities which is what we always um, hear from our guests, right? So if you want to do something, you got to be the one who create opportunities for yourself. And without the podcast, we wouldn't have that. I, I didn't even know that type of thing existed, right? So it was cool that um, because of the podcast, we got invited out. And because of the podcast, we get to hang out with young developers that are uh, there with fresh ideas yeah. and fresh uh ways to to navigate through the industry right it was non-conventional um even from when we started back in college so 
you know, we've been in, in the industry for a decade now, and a decade ago, it was Christ. it was a new it was a new idea a decade ago to go to college, yeah. to learn art to get in the industry. Right, I, I re- remember flipping through a magazine and had no idea. I played games all my life, but it wasn't until the junior year of my high school where I flipped through a magazine that I found out that you can learn this stuff and become a developer as a job right and that was 10 years ago now people are skipping colleges <laughs> learning yeah. on the web the youtube and, tutorials are so good that you can yeah, yeah. exactly and so we, we met a lot of those young developers who didn't go to school for this stuff and are uh living their dream right living and, and completely skipping the track of uh, a triple a uh job route right where you would start as a student you know you work your way up to a big company work on a big game and then start thinking about maybe uh going off to making your own game Mm -hmm. right which is a viable way of doing it there's a lot of developers a lot of our friends are doing that there's nothing wrong with that but there's also this like bizarre world of students going straight to being a professional which we've had many guests on the last year doing just that like a student project turning into their first release game that goes on to sell like over 200,000 copies right yeah. so it's it's exciting to see the very, you know the multiple routes of how to navigate through the game industry and either way is just fine um but it's also good to see because my my biggest thing when I started this out I believe it was the first episode where I where I stated, you know, um, I I wanted to see when you first had the idea of wanting to get in the game industry, and you had that optimism mm-hmm. to, you know, I want to make this game that I I've always wanted to make, without that being kind of like chipped away by the politics and by the experience that you yeah you have yeah, yeah going in the industry. But we're, we're meeting developers like that that are skipping that whole track. And there are disadvantages and advantages or whatever of doing the traditional route, uh, meeting people, learning the tr- tools of the trade, you know, working with others, right? It's what um, you learn the most, I think, when you work at big companies. But uh, if you poke the holes in... In any scenario, you'll uh, you'll you'll see it leak yeah. in any way that you can, right? So, like either way, you know, um, is fine. But it's nice to know that there is another way, and that that it is happening, and that people are doing it and are successful at it. Um, which to me sounds like now, when you want to make a game, there are actually options that students can think about mm-hmm. right uh which i i can pretty much confidently say 10 years ago that was not an option to us i don't think me and you going to art institute and wanting to make a student project an indie game and self-publish and all that stuff that wasn't really possible 10 years ago i would say your best bet at the time was either a flash game maybe a torque 3d game or like a blitz basic dark basic uh, Blitz 3D kind of thing, and there were some right. small channels for that type of stuff, 
but like virality wasn't a thing unless you were doing maybe a flash game but like monetizing it was not streamlined yet uh uh, you know, asset stores aren't like they are where like the, I could just get assets right away. It was way more difficult then. Yeah. So it's so the next year, I think I want us to keep. I want us to find that middle um, middle tier developer. Mm. Right. And, and uh, there was something that I I just read, like take two. uh created a new label under their corporation called the uh what was it called the um it, it's like an indie publisher let me look for the name real quick sure. into new label private division is what they're calling it private division which will be under the flag of take two and they're working with um, Obsidian, by the way. Shout out to Obsidian. Congratulations, exactly. everybody over there. Obsidian. And I think a lot of this was grown out of how uh, with Ghost Story Games, right? I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of guessing here, but I mean, uh, you know, Bioshock is under Take Two, and you know, that's Irrational Games that became Ghost Story Games, right? So it, the idea probably stemmed from that where AAA developers were looking for another way to be creative with a smaller team, right? And I um, I definitely uh, give kudos to Take-Two f- to seeing this. I mean, they're not the first one to become an indie publisher, but they're the first big corporation that that is putting and realizing a lot of big talents are leaving triple uh, a studios mm. to form their own studio um and keeping it small so take two uh, i don't know if it's a trend or starting a trend but um i'm glad to see that now that developers who've been in the industry long enough by this time probably have families have something more yeah. stable yeah. than than to just kind of go to kickstart and hope and pray that you get enough yeah i think I'm so glad that PC gaming is seriously taking a big stronghold again. Uh, you know, it boomed. It kind of faded a little when consoles came out. And now it's like really coming back with a vengeance. I would be willing to say that. I think PC gaming is probably one of the biggest markets. I don't know. I don't have the facts in front of me. But like when I hear about 32 million copies of Overwatch being sold, I can't think of a single console game that has matched that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the yeah. PC market is super dominant. Um with that said it makes me happy though because all those games those like $30 like Jet Moto Twisted Metal type games that I used to see on like the old PlayStation the like mid-tier games now they exist on Steam right as Rocket League or you know as uh, Ori in the Blind Forest Firewatch like the mid-tier still very polished you know shortened experience or just very focused couple of mechanics refined very well experiences exist again and they're dominating and uh, I'm just excited that I still have the opportunity to play those types of games, but also my brothers and sisters in code are, you know, able to find success outside of the, you know, the, the AAA, right? No disrespect to AAA devs. Like we appreciate and love what you do there. I'm just happy that there's more alternatives again is, is where I'm going with that. 
Right. Yeah. An alternative is not having to be extreme anymore. Right? It used to be either you're uh, being published by a major publisher, AAA developer, or Kickstarter, yeah. which is <laughs> it's completely right. the polar opposites, right? Now that we see Take-Two taking initiative with Private Division, mm-hmm. by the way, are the publishers for Kerber Kerbal Space Program, right? They're the guys that actually we fucked with when we broke the news. <laughs> so <laughs> they're the one that bought Kerbal Space Program under that flagship. And then uh, also, um, you know, you, you mentioned Obsidian, you know, all these guys. Uh, Annapurna mm-hmm. Interactive is a, another big publisher that is snatching up like a lot of... So the, the pattern is this, right? If you are an indie developer that made a hit game, these indie publishers, uh, the big ones, like uh, the Take-Two one and this Annapurna one, are, are starting to look at you to yeah. snatch stuff up because you're a proven team. Uh, they're going to probably give you still the control that you need, but they just want a piece of the pie, right? But they're providing stability, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that shift, which is great, right? Because now, yes, it is good to call your own shots, to keep a small team, to move it away from politics, but at the same time, step up the the polish level to uh, to try to reach, you know, triple A quality, right? You're talking about like mid tier, second tier. Um, now the big guys who see the innovation, but also the money, most importantly. Mm-hmm are stepping in to kind of have your back a bit. Now, the risk, I would say, is cut back by 90%. (laughs) It's like it's... When I see these mid-tier publishers, let's just say, getting in the game, it's. I really think that they're looking at the same barometer that I look at and say, wow, it's super risky to put hundreds of millions of dollars on a five-year development cycle because the economy of game consumption changes drastically from a 2010 to a 2015 or from a 2015 to a 2020 you know what i mean you can be so wrong in that time and it's too late to course correct Mm -hmm. and so we're starting to see that now right like some of these games that have these pricing models that are like ruining people's perception of the game simply because they don't like the pricing model well guess what you spent three years working on that game and you paid hundreds of millions of dollars and now that investment is sunk versus it's like hey here's this studio that has already been developing this game for a year they needed you know put maybe two more months in it we're just going to help them promote and publish it boom let's see how that goes right like i bet you it's smarter to spend that same 300 million dollars let's just say in like five six chunks in that same period of time that you would have over that three years I think that that's an opportunity to make better money because one is all or nothing and the other one allows you to course correct five additional times depending on what you learned from the previous, the previous, the previous, the previous, the previous, the previous, the previous. you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, it seems like smart business to me. Yeah, I mean, it's necessary. We're, we're, we're in an industry that's constantly changing and... Um, I think the first major chain, at least in our generation, meaning me and you, PS2 era developers that are growing up, has been the Apple being introduced mm. and the App Store because we were in the decline, right? There were AAA studios closing right and left. Uh, we're living in a time where there's very few AAA developers now um, and very few indiv- uh, independent 
uh, developers that are at AAA level, right? There's only a couple left, right? Um, and like you said, you know, we were, I think the last year, uh, a lot of the mid middle class developers were disappearing as well, right? Those guys were starting to disappear. But because of the first round of indie games being a huge success with a lot of uh, profits, right, based on how much money they and how many people they invested in, we're, we're finally seeing the middle tier publishers coming back and supporting these games. So uh, hopefully this corrects itself. Yeah. And um, there's always going to be room for the major blockbusters and the really small games, right? It's just like the movie industry. There's there's an audience for both. Um, but like with the same way the movie industry has has Netflix, has Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, which, uh, you know, bringing back television and everything, high quality. We're starting to get that too, like with Steam, finally. And with all the consoles having their own type of uh, digital marketplace, mm-hmm. right? Now, now we're making it more and more available. Uh, we're in a funny position too, right? And now we have too many games and not enough room to... Uh, not enough of a platform to let people who are interested in these games normally to see them, yeah. right? Steam, you know, last, uh, in this past year, we were talking to um, Steve Gaynor, right? He gave us a little insight on, you know, his second round of um, uh, his indie game, right? First one being hit, second second time doing it, like about three years later, the landscape has changed, yeah. right? There's a lot of indie games in those just those short three-year period and uh valve you know is going through the whole witch list being uh stockpiled up right Mm -hmm. anyone that wants to buy a game would wish list this first on steam and let it sit there and even when there is a sale and i'm noticing this myself right where even if there's a sale on a game that i really want to play you know, I might not buy it right away because there's like 50 of them in my list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I might look through them and maybe buy the first two because I always I'm 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 smart enough now and been around enough now that there's always going to be a steam sale three months from now. Yeah, we're, and so the culture, man. Yeah. So I'm not going to miss out. Right. I'm just going to like, oh, three months. Of, if I still have that game on my list and I have time to play. Uh, then I'll buy it. Dude, so it started with Groupon, and then like Udemy does. Like I, so Udemy, you know how they sell classes. If you go on yeah. off dollars for this class, thirty eight dollars, fifty dollars. But then if you buy it two days later, you'll find out that all the classes are on sale for like ten bucks. So yeah. I only buy the classes when they're on sale. I don't even I don't even spend money when they're regular price because they have the sale so often. Like we're now part of sale culture and just like you said with steam i only buy like when it's going to be on sale tons of stuff Mm -hmm. on the wish list and i just wait for the little indicator like hey it's on sale go get it awesome save me some money yeah exactly so uh it's it's a new type of problem uh that hopefully you know gets solved for the end developers and and again we're seeing the same thing with triple a right now triple a uh, selling a game for sixty bucks just isn't enough anymore, right? You got to have microtransactions. You got to have. Day we've always had DLC, <laughs> yeah, but we have day one DLC season pass. Yeah. I mean, which is something that you know Call of Duty 
have been known for but now it's more of a thing single player just doesn't cut anymore but you know you need to bet more back of the box features uh to keep an online community going right yeah. if like you're not Zelda even now has dlc yeah Zelda. <laughs> exactly so it, we're constantly gonna have problems uh and new problems being introduced um so this next year, I, I kind of want to talk to people who are um, who are there solving these type of problems, right? So we've had we've been blessed with many guests coming on talking about these problems that they're going through, but would love to kind of see uh, someone on more on the publishing side, right? Uh, representing what they see and how they forecast things. I mean, if there's if, if there's anything the publishers are good at, they're really good at seeing what the next five years could look like, at least in their genre, uh, in the game industry, right? So uh, it'd be really good to kind of bring those guys on and uh, not make it just us guessing <laughs> what it could be, just seeing what the trends are. But uh, bringing in experts, basically, who study this thing day and night uh, and tell us where it's going, right? Uh, or, or at least where it could go and give us the different scenarios um, based on their own data and marketing research. So I, I would love to bring more of those guys on. And, I don't, you know, I'm, we have a lot of more, more of that coming on in the next year too. So it'll be fun. It'll be really fun to talk to these guys finally to kind of give us more, uh, official <laughs> answers. Yeah. Well, the last thing for me that I'll say that people can look forward to next year is, uh, so we talk a whole lot about game development and a lot of the fans and supporters of the podcast are just interested in playing games with us. And so we talked about doing like a, a game play, you know, event or like stream with us, play with us thing. I definitely see us taking that very seriously in 2018. I think January we should have a kickoff event. Uh, I'll play something, Brandon will play something, or maybe we'll even play together and have everybody jump in and let's just go have some fun. There's a lot, there's a ton of free to play games that we can all download that don't cost a dime. And we can just laugh and joke playing that. I'm looking forward to just more audience interaction, definitely getting some more big guests as well. Uh, I'd like to get a couple of really good designers on the podcast to talk some more, maybe some great artists as well. And I think that I'm going to set two goals. I would love to see us at maybe 3,000 followers on SoundCloud because that would essentially be 200% more than what we have right now. So I think we can do it. I think it'll be fun. And uh, that's just going to be a goal that I set is hopefully lead more of the decisions or the things that we come up with to try to see if we can inspire some growth. So I just, I don't know. I've been having fun podcasting with you, man, over the past couple of years. It's been great. Thanks to all the guests who've been on. Thanks to all the fans who continue to listen to us once a week on Tuesday mornings. Other than that, man, uh, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great one and good luck in 2018 because we're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the 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 biggest thing that I want us to accomplish, and I I kind of want us to do just to see how what it's like, is to cover like a live event, 
like either a GDC Sports? or E3. Dude, we should shoutcast. I bet you if there was a game that we both knew very well, we we could cover it and probably do way better. Yeah. Yeah. Just any any of that. I, I think it would be a great way for us to stretch uh, a bit more. Uh, like Larry and I have been podcasting for two years. I don't consider us professionals. We're still very amateur. Uh, as in like we're learning, right? I, I don't even think we're journalists. It, it really is just us asking the questions that you guys would ask. And we just happen to have like a really good guy on uh, to answer him or gal. But uh like I, I want us to see how we do in a live event because I again it's it's an opportunity for us to brush shoulders with more developers at one time. Like I, I think it's really exciting to be able to go to a GDC like event, see a bunch of developers, and be there officially where we can ask pretty much anyone that we bump into uh, and get like a really good episode out of it. Uh, and or at least a good conversation, right? A good interview out of it, uh, and and someone out there <laughs> would benefit as greatly as we would. So um, I would set that as my goal for us in the next year, uh, and and just show up to one of these things and just like uh, do cold call interviews <laughs> right on the spot. I think that'll be really fun. I think it will open up for a lot of fun laughs and fun times. So other than that, happy new year. Hey, thanks for listening to us and coming along for the ride with us for this past year. Hopefully you guys are ready for what we're going to about to bring this, this, uh, 2018, Mm -hmm. right. We're going to do a lot of things to jump up, uh, the podcast in every way. Uh, see us more in social channels, being more active with our listeners, doing play with us type of sessions. Uh, we're going to start thinking about doing these episodes live uh, on Facebook. We did we did a couple runs and I think it was pretty successful. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a, it's a it's a we were, you know, interviewing our guests as usual. If you don't know by now like a lot of these interviews that we do is pretty raw right there's very little editing where they're just that good hopefully (laughs) and uh so it it made sense for us to start broadcasting these interviews live because the the few times that we did it the past year has been really fun because we were um seeing live interaction while we were interviewing um which creates a certain type of excitement. And, you know, it might be the last time we can ever do this type of thing until the net neutrality repeal kicks in, right? So we're going to milk this as much as we can. Uh, So this next year, look forward to that. Again, if you want to find us, go on our Facebook, go to our Twitter. Uh, And another thing, one last thing, at the end of every episode, we're going to really push for you guys. If you guys really like the podcast, uh, give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's one of the, it seems uh, very easy, but very few people do it. We don't want to push you guys, but we're going to make it and remind it enough where you guys are. All right. <laughs> Once in a while, I will jump over there. And that's, you know, if it's one out of 500, then that's the number we're, we're settling with. But yeah. it's one of those initiatives that I think will really help because, uh, you know, I go on iTunes, I go to Google Play. You know, I want to see us closer 
to the search results, <laughs> which we are, <laughs> which we are on some, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of good podcasts out there for game development, and I welcome all of it. Um, Dude, I, I feel where, yeah. The best way for me to sum up the ask is like this. If you, you know, Patreon, we always appreciate this support, but some people aren't ready to financially contribute, and that's fine. The absolutely free way to still help us is just simply leave us a review, right? Like, like it, it helps. It gets, you know, we get some sight. Uh, we get a little better attention in the algorithms for searches. So it costs you zero. <laughs> so if, if it's, it's a money thing, just, you know, take a minute and just give us a review. That'd be great. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And it's our fault for not annoying you enough to just do it. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that uh, every episode. So uh, that wraps it up for me. It's been a great year. We've done a lot more things. I remember three months in, when we did our second year, uh, well, first year resolution, New Year resolution episode, we accomplished pretty much everything that we said we would, uh, which also meant that we didn't set our uh, goals high enough. But at the same time, it could have been we didn't expect yeah. the type of view, uh, listening, um, participation, yeah. uh, and growth that we had so thank you everyone we're always humble to anyone listening out there um any guests right and this is a great way for you guys to kind of segue into the discord channel we're using the discord channel for many things and it's a way for us to talk to you guys throughout the week directly uh because we're always looking for what type of guests that you guys want to listen to what type of people you want us to bring on and the best way to do it has always been discord sometimes you know facebook comments help uh, uh retweeting talking to us on twitter helps but discord is a little bit more straightforward it's like we have it on on our uh, phones and we have it on the desktop in the background so um any ways that you can go on there talk to other listeners Give us direct feedback on how we're doing. Uh, it really helps us grow and direct this to success. Well, I just got to say this one last thing. If you're listening to this podcast now, you're starting your 2018 off right. I'm Larry Charles, and I'm saying good night. This is Brent Fam. I guess. See you guys next year. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.